Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today we're partnering up with Logo Package Express to bring you a great discount. But Millie, what is Logo Package Express? So it's an illustrator plugin, which is super helpful for anybody who's working with logos for clients. So it gives a really quick way of formatting your logo in its variants, whether it's a full logo, just just the logo mark, um, just the logo type, and then you've got the tagline as well. But it also formats it in all the different colorways and in all the different file formats. So something that would take you like an hour of your time at the end of a logo project, you can literally do with like a couple of clicks and then it puts it all into the right folders, into the right folder format, and then you can just share it with your client and that's it. Everything's there. They're not gonna come back to you asking for different things and it's all exactly looking as it should be. So really helpful, really useful, really um, efficient when it comes to your work. So a a great resource and we're really excited to start using it. Really well explained. Uh, yeah, we, we're really excited to uh, partner with uh, Michael and Logo Package Express to give you a discount. You get 20% off. Find the link down in the description below. If you can't find it, message us on, on Instagram at Creative Waffle and we'll send it over. But it uh, helps you out, helps us out, and it also helps Michael out. So everybody wins. Um, yeah, hope you enjoy the podcast. Loads of great uh, advice and, and value in this episode as well. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, we'll see you at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see you at the end. Okay. Um, It's like me with the hiya. (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Every time. This is the podcast. Welcome, welcome to the podcast, Creative Waffle Podcast. Um, Yeah, congratulations and and, uh, on your second, your two point oh launch. Uh, when this is out, and um, yeah, welcome to the to the Creative Waffle team as well, new partner of Creative Waffle at the Logo Package Express. Here we go. Thanks. It's uh, it's good to be here, Mark and Millie. Um, yeah, two point Thanks. So yeah, I don't know if anybody knows uh, you know what what one was all about, um, but I'm happy to talk about it if you want me to. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, right. So I'm the creator of a tool for logo designers called Logo Package Express. And basically, uh, when you get done with a logo project, you know, you have to make a whole bunch of different logo files and export them all out and make folders and name everything. So I created a tool that uh, does that all for you. It's a plugin. It's an extension for Adobe Illustrator. And uh, you just put your final logo artwork in there, press some buttons and you know, you can get hundreds of files exported and send them off to your client uh, within less than five minutes. So been uh, hard at work on a on a lot of updates that have been requested from people. Um, so that's that's kind of what's going on with me right now. Nice. Yeah, lots of promo launch week as we're recording this. Uh, do you feel a bit like a celebrity? <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you when I felt like a celebrity, um, was really odd. I live in Chicago and I went to the dog park with my brand new three pound puppy. And uh, this guy who I'd seen a couple of times, he's a dog walker. Um, we started chatting and I said, oh yeah, I'm a graphic designer. And actually I just recently created this tool, blah, blah, blah. He's like, oh, that's really cool. My wife is a graphic designer. What's your what's your product called? I said, oh, it's, uh, it's called Logo Package Express. He said, okay, cool. I'll text her. So he, he comes back to me a few minutes later and he's like, oh yeah, she's already heard of it. I was <laughs> like, what? I've only That's got, so you know, cool. 
Yeah, I think only, you know, at this point, uh, a couple thousand people have bought it. But at that point, it was, you know, so so that was very interesting. And then getting to go on podcasts and talk to people who are actually famous is uh, is pretty is pretty cool, too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Ian Padgett's probably the one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're nowhere near his level yet, but uh, climbing, we're climbing there. Yes, um, yes. That's right. Yeah, so... <laughs> See, so yeah, we're on we're on their tails, but um, yeah, no, it's good, it's good, to, good, good story that as well. But yeah, good to have you on the podcast and chat more about it and share experience. And um, so let's start off with who you are, I suppose, as well. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, who are you? <laughs> How to get into design? Who, who am I? I broke into this guy's house and I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> um, <clears throat> okay, yeah, Michael Bruni Groth is my long, complicated name. Uh, I was a graphic designer. I went to Western Michigan University um, here in the United States. And uh, after I graduated, I moved to Chicago. I didn't know anyone. I had no job prospects. Um, I had enough money to make it for about four months. And I lived in like a 150 square foot oven on top of six floors of other ovens. It was very, very warm. Um, but yeah, I got that first design job at a marketing agency. And then from there, I moved on to branding agencies. And in uh, 2016, I decided to go freelance. And when I did that, I once I settled into it, I basically had two major clients, uh, the American Medical Association. And then I was, uh, I was the creative director for an agency in San Diego. I was working remotely and they did a lot of Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns. So it's really interesting to design for those those types of, uh, campaigns. And then, uh, you know, one of them started going under one of the contracts and I had a lot of free time. So I decided to, well, actually I thought I was going to become like a unicorn, um, developer designer who could make websites, you know, design them and code them and be awesome. But I was not, I ended up reading a book on product design found a really cool research process for coming up for with ideas for products. And I applied that to uh, the logo design space and just sort of magically transitioned into this, this business. It took a lot of work to get where I'm at now, but the, just the process of trying to do this thing and then, and then starting to sell it was kind of a, a whirlwind. So, I mean, you're quite a fresh faced guy. How old are you? That's a lot of experience. Uh, I'm, I'm 30. Right. So maybe it's the it's the the lotion on the face <laughs> at, <laughs> at night, but yeah. So you know, I'm getting up there. But yeah, that's a lot of experience. Yeah. You've done an awful lot of stuff in like I don't know, less than ten years, I suppose. So yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. Well, thank you. I I hadn't really thought of it that way. I just kind of <laughs> uh, jumping from thing to thing, but um, yeah, it's it's been fun. No regrets. Good. Not good. good. Best way to be. Yeah. So uh, why why are we partnering with you and um, what are we doing with the audience? And uh, yeah, why should people uh, go out there and, and get the products? <laughs> well, I think I think we're partnering up because, uh, you know, your podcast is for designers. And if you're a designer, chances are you are working on logos at some point and maybe you're exclusively working on logos. Um, so, you know, if you've made a logo, and you're, you're trying to give these files to your clients, either you could be really new and you might not know exactly what files to give to your clients. Um, 
or you could be a seasoned veteran and understand that it takes 45 minutes to an hour to package up all these files. So, um, I think, I think it's a good fit because, uh, this, this tool for Adobe illustrator, you know, it, it automatically exports all that stuff for you. And it makes it so that you give your client something that makes you look very professional. Um, you, you've got all the files they're ever going to need. They won't need to come back to you with ad hoc requests and, um, you can, you can get this all done in, in just a few minutes. So the word out on the street is that it's pretty cool. Um, so hopefully, you know, by partnering up, we can, we can help out um, designers who would really rather move on to more creative uh, endeavors with their time mm. than have to waste another mind numbing hour on exporting all those logo files. Yeah, think about the stuff you can do in an hour. Like, you know. Yeah. Watch Netflix. You could watch a whole <laughs> show in an hour, or uh, that's right. <laughs> make dinner, have a romantic meal with a friend. Uh, you could. <laughs> it should just be the whole podcast of us naming what you could do in an hour and save time. Um, yeah. yeah, but no, it's seriously, like <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, yeah. We, I've, I've downloaded it. Um, you can really kind of give us a copy, um, and the audience is going to get a great deal as well. Are we allowed to share share right now what it is? What we're giving the audience? Is it? Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So yeah, we're going to give the audience twenty percent off, which is um, which is a very big discount for uh, for listeners to the Creative Waffle Podcast. Um, you'll be able to find that link very easily, uh, I think, down in the description. But um, yeah, if not, we'll you know, send me a message and then we'll get it to you. Um, but yeah, really, and that also helps out the podcast as well. We get uh, a kickback for that from that as well. So very very kind um, and really decent partnership as well because that yeah that's going to help loads of people and also help the podcast to grow as well um so yeah we'll be pushing that on our social channels we'll be pushing it uh, obviously on this podcast um and yeah everywhere we can we can really but um but yeah so we want to ask you today as well about uh, logo design and um getting uh, the right files obviously that's what the, the whole thing's about and um why is it so important and you mentioned it makes you look professional and that's obviously huge for for younger designers uh, if we right. got, yeah and, and obviously saving time especially when you're when you're younger, you don't have enough money to, to, to pay for accountants or um, to save time in other places where you can save time is, is really, really valuable. Um, so this, like this, a tool like this, rather than spending an hour on that, you can spend an hour on your accounts instead and then catch <laughs> up. But um, but yeah, no, let's get into it. Let's get, Millie, you've got a few questions about what you, uh, logo packages and what you need to send over yeah. to the client. So as you said, it's really useful for young designers because people like me who don't necessarily have a very thorough technical graphic design background don't really know what files I have to send over to a client. I'll send them as much as I think I need to send. And yeah. sometimes they will come back, but mostly they don't. Um, but uh, yeah, That's good. That, that, yeah, I suppose I've been lucky because you never know what, what files they're going to need. But then me and Mark were speak, speaking beforehand that I realized that I really don't know what, what type of files clients would need and for what reasons. So I was just asking, I was just, yeah, wanted to ask what what the reasoning is for them, for, for clients to need like, um, to need an AI file or to need an EPS versus a PDF or a PNG mm -hmm. versus a JPEG. Like what, what are the differences? Yeah, right. Right, yeah, that's, that's there's really two things to, to think about with, regard, with regards to what you send your client at the end of a logo project. And one aspect of it is the artwork itself. And the other aspect of it is what files are you providing that artwork in? And I'm going to, uh, 
I've, I've got a little, a little cheat sheet that helps out, makes it really easy. I'm going to kind of follow that format. Um, when you're thinking about files specifically, you want to be thinking about the who, the what, the why, and the when in whatever order you would like. And the, the who is really about, um, like who, who's going to be using these files is your, are, are you working with a really small business where it's just, um, the client themselves and, you know, maybe they, they deal with a printer every once in a while, or is this a company where you're handing off a small, a small portion, uh, you know, you're doing some of the work for them and then they're going to have other designers who need to, um, design things with your assets. Are they going to have to hand it off to printers? Are they going to have a, well, uh, a web developer make, you know, an app for them or something like that? So these are the things that you kind of want to take into account as far as the who. And that's also why it's really important to give as many files as you can, because chances are, especially today, you know, with everything being on the web, um, you're definitely going to be dealing with all these different people and they all need different kinds of files. <clears throat> so then it comes down to like, well, what are they using these things for? And that can really help you identify what file formats you need to give as well. Um, so a client is going to be using logos. Typically, I mean, you know, everyone's different, but let's just speak in generalities. Um, a client is going to be using social media, they're going to have their website and they're going to probably be sending out invoices and those sorts of things. So they're definitely inside of, you know, PowerPoint or they're inside of uh, Microsoft Word or they're inside of their invoicing software. And there's certain file types that work really well for that. So typically it's just your standard JPEG or PNG that your client is really, really looking forward to using. And that's because these are just your standard digital file formats that you use on things on your computer. You know, they're not for printing. Um, and then a PDF as well, because a PDF is just something that is universal and um, anyone can open it, right? You send an Illustrator file or an EPS or something yeah. like that, not necessarily everybody can actually preview it and see what it looks like. Um, if you're dealing with a printer, they almost always want vector artwork, right? Printing is, it can be big, it can be small. So vectors are something you can scale up and down. They don't lose resolution. And the file formats that are the, are good for vectors and that your printers are going to want are those Adobe Illustrator files. They are those uh, PDFs and the EPS file. EPS is kind of old though. Like not everybody asks for an EPS because a PDF will usually, usually take care of it. But there are, there are vendors who are like, um, print or excuse me, they are apparel people. They work on printing shirts and hats and they do embroidery. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, those, those systems that they use, they prefer to have an EPS or whatever. So you can see, you know, this is only two types of people that would use the logo file. You can see how they have all these different uses and applications. Uh, a web developer is a whole a whole different thing. They might need those standard JPEGs and PNGs, but they might also want an SVG, which is a newer file format. It's a scalable vector graphic for the web, which again, with vectors, um, those can scale up and down. So if you've ever had your logo show up blurry on a website or 
well, not so, ignore social media, but on a website, ping blurry or an app or something like that, an SVG will never be blurry. So uh, really you have to consider primarily the client, what their needs are, the, uh, a, a printer or a vendor, what their needs are, a developer, and also other designers, because you might not be the only designer that client is working with. And so then another designer might, you know, really appreciate having an editable like illustrator file. Mm. So, you know, that's one aspect of, of how you have to think about delivering these files. But then of course there's why all of these different files are good. And if you have any questions about that, you know, we can talk about that as well. Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is with, with young designers and what we, I've gone through many years of, and um, like Millie said, the client doesn't always come back, but it's also our, our jobs to educate the client on what files they do need for what, because because right. you know, they're going to be getting, say, van graphics like done for their, for their van. Like, they want to promote their business. If it's local business, they want to promote their business on their car or van. They don't want to be using a JPEG to, to scale that up and stick on the side of a van. Um, no, or going to like, or like, yeah, or going to like Vista printing, like printing out a magnetic sticker and sticking it on the side of their van. Um, Vista, by the way, Vista Print's um, like a probably the cheapest um, printing company yeah. in the, in the <laughs> Europe. In like, <laughs> it's considered like the, the baseline where everyone goes for the first set of business cards. Um, yeah, I've printed, I've printed with Vista Print. Oh, cool, cool. The rest are in the US. Cool. Um, so yeah, that's where everyone goes, right? So uh, yeah, so it's definitely definitely um, something to think about and something to educate your client with. I think I think a lot of the misconception around being a designer is education the client because we don't. Like, that's why uh, clients don't see the, the the value in our work as well because we don't they don't we don't show them all the process behind it as well, um, which is obviously a long long process uh, and can be saved as well. Time can be saved here and there as well, but. Um, yeah, so so it's yeah partly education as well um, on ourselves and the client. So if you can give them the right files, it's hugely hugely beneficial. Uh, but yeah, like you say, is well if they're going to go to a web designer, if they're going to go to an app developer, you don't know where they're going to take it or where they're going to take their yeah. business. So uh, that's going to be going to be really useful. That's a good right. point. Would, would you um would you say that it's probably safer to just send them everything, or would you say oh, that yeah? Because yeah? <laughs> my my sort of fear is. If I was to send over everything to a client, they'd go, like, "Oh my god, where is my logo? Like, where can I find it?" <laughs> or would you sort of pull all the key files into a separate folder and then send them both over? So be like, "This is where logo you're going to need Express right now." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, um, you you're you're going to go on a camping trip or something or a hiking trip trip, right? I mean, you've got to you've got to pack your bag with everything you might need because. Yeah. If you if you get mauled by a bear and you don't have your band-aids or whatever, you know, like you're gonna be in trouble. So, you know, on one side it's 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 a pain to have to lug around a big bag, but on the other side it's way worse if you don't have yeah, what have you, the need. Stuff you need. Yeah. So so yeah, um to me the the moment you decide to exclude one of those file formats is the moment that they come back to you and they say, um, my yeah. printer mm -hmm. asked me for like a an EPJ or something like that. <sighs> what is you know, and okay, yeah. I gotta. <laughs> I have had a client who came back and asked me for like an EPS, and he was like, I don't know what this is. And I'll be like, okay, right. I'll send you that. But yeah, I suppose at the time, like, I didn't, didn't even think about it, like sending it over. Yeah, in the first well, place. The, I was just like, here's your PNG, done. <laughs> right. And the, and the thing is, is that's, that's because you've got better stuff to do, right? Like, it makes sense. Yeah. Why would I, I've got to export all this stuff and, 
if they can put a PNG and do that in all the places they can use a JPEG, and if they can print a PDF and everybody can open it up, why do I need to give more than that? I mean, like it's so much effort, but that's where a tool like Logo Package Express comes in because now it takes even less time to export everything you need than even just the PNGs and PDFs that you were doing originally. Um, so if you don't have an excuse, I mean, it definitely, it definitely is going to be to the benefit of your client and you. Now, you're totally right though, that if you give them 200 logo files, they might be a little bit overwhelmed. Um, and that is where file name conventions and folder name conventions come in. Because if you can organize something clearly and they can say, okay, I need my logo. Oh, there's a logo folder. I know it's going to need to be uh, the color version. Okay, there's the color look folder and I need it to be a in CMYK for some reason. And oh, okay, there's the CMYK. I mean, like you can help them along that path. They don't need to be looking at a wall of logo files necessarily. Um, yeah, but you don't it need is, to be like a designer's artboard, right? <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, <mess>. right. <laughs> right, right. So it's, um, but it is, a, it is a problem still. And it's actually something I'm, I'm working on addressing. Uh, but that's like a top, that's like a top secret other project thing that you'll just have to wonder about. But, but yeah, yeah. Coming to a crazy yeah. waffle partnership near you. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, but that's, that's, um, that's an interesting point as well about having uh, this huge, huge mess of, um, but then uh, of an that's artboard. why, yeah, the folders are automatically right. named, aren't they? So yeah, you explain to the client that. That is and sorted and is. everything. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly where you expect it to be. So, right. Yeah. And and I mean, even lately, I mean, I'm a huge proponent of like Loom. You know, sending a video to your client, uh, it it takes way longer to write out some super long oh, email about like point. your folders are here and your file is here and if you need this, it's just just you know open up Loom or whatever screen recording device you have and just yeah. make a two minute video that says, really okay, so here's all your logos. And then if you open that up, you can start to see if it's for the web or if it's for printing and just walk them through it. And they have that video forever and ever, and they don't need to call you up 20 different times. Um, yeah. Because, you know, clients aren't dumb. They're just not, they just don't, don't know the same stuff we do. So yeah, exactly. they've got, like, they got better things to do. And, yeah. Be yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why they're coming to us, right? Yeah, exactly. They want, because, they want us to know all the answers. Yeah, so. right. and and obviously we don't always as a young designer as well. That's obviously obviously why we charge less and why yeah you know, why we've done less work and we get into into the uh, into the industry. But this is things like this, products products like this, and podcasts like these is why we can share this knowledge and um, help each other out. But, yeah, make um, everyone's lives easier. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, with, with the the artboard having a massive artboard. What I really liked about logo package was you know you can click on a, a section or click on a, on a, a segment of the logo and select okay that is the icon that is the type that is the tagline and it made it so quick and easy. I know this is just sounds like more of an advert, more of a plug, which it is, but like, <laughs> it, 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 genuinely I was really impressed by it. Yeah, how easy it was to use. It's, it's little little window. Click on this. Click on that. Done. Like. Yeah, if people are listening and wondering what the hell is he on about, go and check out the tutorial. Um, yeah, we'll link that probably really in the description as well. Um, and we, maybe we should do tutorials as well. We should probably do one for Crazy yeah. Wolf for Logo. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, but that totally fun. that totally speaks to the other thing, right? So I said earlier that there's two elements of it. There's the artwork and then there's the files that hold the artwork. And that's something that a lot of, I think, young designers don't necessarily think about either is 
let's say that you've made a standard logo and by all means, not all logos have all of these things, but a standard logo, it's got some sort of icon, some sort of graphic representation. And then it has the logo type, some sort of typography, which is usually the organization's name. And then if they have some sort of slogan or tagline, sometimes that gets locked up too. And what you might not think about is there may be times where the client only wants the type. They only want the name of their company. And there may be times where they want to take that symbol, that graphic representation, and they want to put that on an app icon or in a favicon or something, and they need it separately. So, you know, you're going through as a, as a person approaching a logo package or making one thinking, okay, so I'll just do the logo and I've already got to make 15 files for all of this and whatever. And then you're like, oh, I've got to do it two more times to separate out the, the logo type from the mark and all this other stuff. So that's that definitely went into the, the, the process of thinking about what designers needed when I created Logo Package Express, because it's really good to separate all, out all those different things um, and provide them individually. Because again, it's just covering your client's bases because they will come back to you at some point and say, oh, we want to make a shirt and we just want our, the graphic part really big, you know, and you're already working on something else. Like you don't even, well, hopefully you remember where the files are, but it's, you know, a pain to go find them and, and send them the yeah. new thing or separate out the artwork or whatever. So just give them everything that they need. Exactly. Exactly. And this is, this is another thing as well. The colors, um, a lot of young designers, I know many, 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 many don't have uh, all of this. I'm yeah, really not clued up on this. So well, um, <laughs> oh. uh, color profiles is what we wanted to ask you about and just sort of give a bit of a, a mm. back to basics explanation on why it's important to design for both RGB and CMYK or one or the other or like one first and then the other right and then what yeah. pantones yes so <laughs> mind blown <laughs> color is like brain surgery right yeah. like it's it's like if you're, if you've got a little cough, you know, your average person is going to say, oh, take some cough medicine. And that's all the knowledge you need. Right. But sometimes you've got to take somebody's frontal lobe out or something like that. And you've got to be a genius. So, you know, I'm definitely not at the brain surgery level of on color knowledge, but I can certainly ask, answer some of those, those general questions and maybe, you know, more complicated things, but there basically there's two realms that your logos are going to live in. They're either going to be digital, meaning they're on a web, on the web or they're on your computer somewhere in a word document or PowerPoint, um, or they're going to be printed. And those are the, the way that color is created in those two different realms is totally different. It's, it's the difference between additive color and subtractive color. So additive color is where you use light and you combine colors together um, to produce all the different colors. And everyone will be familiar with red, green, blue, the primary colors. Mm -hmm. it's, it's what your little pixels on your screen are made out of. And when you combine red, green, and blue light, you can make a lot more color than, um, well, than the other process, which I'll explain, which is like CMYK and Pantone. Um, so if you're making files for the web or for digital, they need to contain the information in red, green, and blue. Um, <clears throat> there's also hexadecimal and lab and all these other things, but RGB is essentially the same thing. Um, when you're talking about printing, then you're talking about 
subtractive color. And what that means is, again, we were emitting light at different colors and mixing them together. Subtractive color is white light that comes from the sun contains a whole, the whole spectrum, you know, all the colors in the rainbow. And when that light bounces off of an object, some of those, uh, some of those part of the spectrum gets absorbed by the object. And what bounces back is what you perceive as color. So that's why it's called subtractive because it's like taking away some of the, the spectrum from the light and only reflecting back certain amounts. Wow, that's the brain surgery, right? But what it really comes down to is you're gonna be mixing colors together and typically printing is done with the colors cyan, magenta, yellow, and black. And that's what CMYK stands for. I don't know why they went K for black instead of B. So apparently, it, like, apparently it's cool. I, I was really nerdy in school and, and found out the answer. So that the teacher I'm intrigued. But yeah. Um, yeah, it stands for key. I don't know. So I don't actually know the answer. I don't know why it stands for key. But I reckon ah. it's the key color. I reckon that's what I'm saying. I, I, yeah, <laughs> it's the key to your dark key soul. Tone, maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. <laughs> I'm going to go and count um, after the podcast. So yeah. I need to know. <laughs> so, so when you combine those colors, it's like a newspaper. If you ever look really closely at a magazine or a newspaper, those are the colors you're going to see because they lay down one layer of color at a certain percentage. They lay down another layer of magenta, another layer of black, whatever. And that all builds up to form the color. So that's why there's those two different subs. Uh, that's why there's those two different settings in, you know, Illustrator. Do I want to be working in the RGB color space or CMYK? That really just means is this going to be a digital thing or is it going to be a printed thing? Okay, and that brings us to my next big question. About Most logos are going to be both. Yes. Yes. So which do yep. you design in? If you know that your logo that you're designing for a client is going to be all over their website, but they also want to print it all over their packaging, which ones yep. do you design in? This is a question for the ages. Um, <laughs> there's a lot of different answers. Um, I'll give you my personal belief first and then maybe talk about some of the other ideas that are out there. Okay. Um, I say start with CMYK okay. because this, the, the, the majority of your clients, if you're, a, if you're a young designer starting off or you know, unless you're working with a huge company that it's extremely important to them that their colors always be exactly the same. And they're working with Pantone, which we can talk about. Um, they're going to be printing digitally or offset with the four color process, CMYK. And so if you start there, RGB, as I was saying earlier, it contains more colors. It's just, yeah. it's possible for it to be brighter, more vivid, more saturated, whatever than CMYK is. So why get your hopes up on a really yeah. bright, vivid RGB color that you can't replicate in CMYK? So um, yeah, it's almost like safer to go from CMYK to RGB than it is to go yes. from RGB to CMYK, if, yes. if that makes sense. And Pantone is a finite amount yeah. of inks. So you know the chances that you're going to match something perfectly um, are pretty difficult to begin with. Now, okay. there's sort of a hybrid approach which if you go into Adobe Illustrator, you can open up those different color books and you can see all the different swatches for different types of color. Um, there's a color book, I don't know exactly the name of it right now, unfortunately, 
but it's like the CMYK bridge. And basically what the swatch shows you is when you pick that swatch, it gives you the CMYK mix and the Pantone that it corresponds to. Cool. Okay. P Pantones are not made of CMYK. That's not what I mean by corresponding, but there is yeah. a close match that's been determined in this set of swatches. And then you can, you know, you don't get to like really fine tune those, those settings, but um, you'll know that you've picked a CMYK that has a corresponding Pantone. Okay. Um, and then, and then, you know, the RGB is the other, the other component. So I say CMYK, but yeah. there could easily be an argument for we're all about bright colors and, and vivid colors. And our presence is primarily on the web. Like we're happy to have uh, an RGB color and that's what we really want to key in on. Um, and you know, if we print something occasionally, it's not as important to us that it's crazy vibrant, or maybe if it is that important to them, then they go with the Pantone inks, which can be really vibrant. Um, so, I mean, I suppose you could start from RGB as well, but I recommend CMYK. Okay. Okay. That clarifies a lot for me. Thank you. My other Hello. question though, just to, just to make sure is what is the difference? Why would somebody choose to print in CMYK versus Pantone? What's okay. Why would you why would you pick tubes? Why would you design for either or choose to print in either? Sure. I think the basic, the most, the most simple answer comes down to economics. Um, okay. Well, it's it, the, the two equally important answers are economics and accuracy. So on the economics side of it, if, if, if I use the four inks, cyan, magenta, yellow, and black, I can make millions of colors. A Pantone ink is always just that one color. So I can mix up those four CMYK colors and make the green that looks like the Pantone. But if I'm printing in Pantone, I can only use that Pantone ink. And Pantone inks don't mix together well. So right. if you've if you've got you know ten different colors that you needed on this thing, you're paying for ten different inks. Whereas if you were doing CMYK, you're paying for that standard process that can make millions of different colors. Um, so typically if you're printing a Pantone project, it's because it's very limited in its color, um, right. in, in its, I, I'm, I'm, I'm losing the word here, but basically color scheme. Yeah. Um, so I've got this all green thing with white type on it. Boom. And okay. the print it in Pantone will be cheaper because it's one ink. One ink. But, but the moment oh, you're trying to print so a, much more sense. yeah, <laughs> the moment, the moment you're trying to print a photo or something like that, we forget about it. You're not. You're not using Pantone unless you are going to do a monotone print, which is essentially like black and white, but skewed towards an, another color. Yeah. Um, and then the the accuracy side of it is, <clears throat> you know, we're we're McDonald's or whatever, and all of our signs have to look exactly the same across the world. Well, if you use a Pantone ink, that ink is a scientifically crafted formula. Whereas a CMYK ink just depends on how the printer calibrated things. And that's why you right, go and press, okay. press checks and all that other stuff. Um, also, if you know your Pantone colors and you don't necessarily print in them all the time, a lot of times your printers will ask you for your Pantone color, even if you're not printing in Pantone, so that they can take that swatch, which has that scientifically accurate color on it and they can compare it to what they're printing out and try and shift things one way or the other to get it closer to what they know to be your true intention so that's really why you would use pants that makes so much more sense <laughs> yeah good well
Okay. It's also why like Pantone books are so expensive. Like mm. I always wondered that, and that makes. I've always wondered that. It's like it's just a book of colours. Like why do I have to pay so much for it? <laughs> but I think how many inks, like little yeah. little tiny slivers of ink on each book. Yeah. But um, also, Pantones. Like you said, they're not made of CMYK, which blew my mind because I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what? Like so, they're made of like a, a particular ink. Uh, how do you make that ink? Just like yeah. Chemically- this is this is where this is where I'm just going to completely make something up, and it's going to sound it's going to sound so true. Uh, inks have been made throughout history. They're yeah. they're they're just pigment, right? There's mm. something you crush up a flower, or you squeeze a dog, or something. I don't know, and you get you get ink out of it. So uh, yeah, so whatever they're doing is you know a chemical process with something to create pigment and yeah. put goop in it that makes it inky. So I, I, I don't really know. I mean, they, they do sense. the same thing to make CMYK. It's just that those inks, you know, mix together said, with yeah. a, a different process. So It's just the four. Yeah, that makes sense. Like Chris yep. almond milk. Who knows what goes in it? Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I had almond milk the first time the other day, and it's, yeah, it's questionable. I what did you have it with? Coffee. Mm. <laughs> No, yeah. if you've got to put it anywhere, it's got to be in like a smoothie or like maybe it's very watery. cereal, depending on the cereal. Yeah. But I'm totally pretending that I that I know what you're talking about at all. Well, almond milk. <laughs> you never heard of almond oh, milk? Oh, I have heard of almond milk. I, I have some in the fridge right now. It's vanilla flavored. <laughs> I just yeah, thought vanilla you- vanilla flavored is better. Yeah, I thought you were saying something that wasn't almond milk. So oh, the now, British accent. <laughs> full now, of Americans again. <laughs> yeah, you got me. Um, I also found out what K stands for. Uh, oh, yes. So, so it is it is a key plate. So obviously, when printing CNC and YK, they have different plates. Um, in large format printers, I guess home printers don't. Yeah, I don't know. Do it's they? called home it's different. called offset printing. What you're talking about, where they have okay. the plates. Um, right. I think it's similar to silk screening, but now I'm getting out of my my knowledge zone. Yeah, we learned about this in GCSE, but that was a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, so they, so they have like buckets of those inks uh, and then the plates, I don't know, sort of load on top. Uh, <laughs> see, I'm not talking about my depth now. Um, but yeah, apparently uh, black uh, was is the key key component, the key plate, but also it's called key because uh, apparently you can't get 100% black. Um, the, if you print black, it's not ever 100% black because that's just unless too it's, Yeah, unless it's Van, Vanta black. Have you yeah. heard the the Vanta black? Yeah, I saw that the other day for the first time. I saw it on um, a tech. Uh, um, like it's like cars aren't allowed to be Vanta black because it's too black. Like if yeah. it's in the dark, you can't see it. It's made out wow. of like a- antimatter or Spider Man yeah. venom or something. It's <laughs> totally mysterious. There's like fish at the bottom of the sea, like just pretty much invisible because it's so dark down there, and then they and they don't have any. The, the light doesn't reflect off of it or doesn't shine off of it. So it's um it's like the darkest black you can get, yeah. It's crazy. That's amazing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's like in a, a black hole. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty so much. this yeah. is a this is an important point though. Um RGB black is always much darker than CMYK black. Right. And and if you're if you are if you're designing something that's meant to be printed and you want it to be really black, you don't want to use 100% Black. You know how you can put in the different formulas, CMYK? 100% black is not super black. Uh, What you want to do is create what's called a rich black. And with a rich black, you add 
proportions of all those other colors too. So there's even more ink. Um, so you want like a, a 40, 60, 60, 100 sort of thing. I mean, there's all wow. sorts of different, um, there's that all sorts of mind. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> there's, yeah. It's just, just Google rich black formulas and you'll, you'll find okay. a bunch of, but that's like, if you're making a poster, that's all black, make it rich black. Don't, or, or like a banner stand or something that's going to be really big. Use rich black. Don't use, uh, just 100%. That what are you going to so get then if it's 100% black? Would it just be like a, like a dark gray, gray isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like a dark gray. Huh. That makes Fair so enough. much sense though, because obviously you want to load more ink onto the page. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I didn't think of it like that. Because that's, mm-hmm. that's the other connection. That's the connection but we don't think of is, uh, we see it as a color, but we never think about how it's going to be printed. Well, I don't anyway. When I'm creating the logo, I don't think about the actual process and loading more ink on to make it darker. I've never thought of that. That's interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't I recommend like I want to go, it. I want to go to a print company now and like see how it's done. <laughs> that's, yeah. Like, yeah. You have to find a YouTube video or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, not not right now, but um, yeah, I've I've <laughs> gone on I've gone on a number of of press checks, um, so I've I've seen the magic. But uh, you don't want to put I don't think you want to put rich black in a logo because the primary like primarily logos are going to be small. But if you did yeah. want to make yet another variation that's only for large format printing, yeah, you could you could put rich black in it. But um, you don't want to go like 100, 100, 100 either because you can get too much ink saturation and no printer would ever print that anyway. They have all <laughs> sorts of, they take your file and they do all sorts of crazy stuff to it to make it correct, but no reason not to try and give them the best thing you can. And that, that's interesting wow. as well like on different um, surfaces. It obviously bleeds, the ink bleeds like a tattoo, I guess. I'm just looking at yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have one going on my arm and it's uh yeah, slightly bleeding, like not bleeding as yeah, in red. Yeah, I've got one there like, that's bled. Um, yeah, like you can't read it anymore. So, yeah, no, they can use mine. You can really read it in the first place. That's a nice story. <laughs> so especially when you're a designer, right? And, and that really, really pisses me off. Yeah, fuck <laughs> me. Because, because be, be, yeah, especially because you're designing, you're thinking about the type, you're thinking about the kerning, you're thinking about all the little spaces, and then you've got a certain letters that are thicker than the others. And it's yeah. just, no. <laughs> It's infuriating, especially when you hand them a design. Because I used to do mm. that as a th- as a thing. Like when I was in uni, I used to design people's tattoos for them. Mm. And then I was like, "Well, I've designed enough of them now. I'll go get one of my own." Came up with this like really nice, sim- like single line tattoo, and went in and was like, "I want it single line. I want it dead, sit like really thin." And the guy went, "Yeah, sure," and drew it like it was with an ink pen. So it did not go as planned. Let's just put it that way. Like there's some letters that look like they've been done with like a sharpie when they should have been done with like a yeah like fine liner yeah, are there any not, tattoos not is, there, is anyone in the world happier with the tattoos on their arm than they were than than they were in the head that's the question i think I the know. key is to go in and say you're the artist you make something <laughs> and uh, then it's true. like it, there was nothing else in your head i have friends here uh who get really abstract just like color gradient shape things that go up their sides and stuff. And they just say, Hey, you're the artist, put something on me. But as a designer, I, that's like insanity. Yeah. To be fair, I like my, I have a couple of, a few tattoos and like that one there, I really like, and I have one on my ribs that I really like, and they came out. Okay. I think it's just that one that really bugs me. I think as long as, yeah, as long as they're a good, good tattoo artist, they'll probably uh, translate your design quite well, but. Yeah, oh, I, de- I definitely like someone. I got um, uh, what's, what's his name? <laughs> I always forget people's names when I'm on a podcast. It's terrible. <laughs> anyway, we'll carry on. Um, 
Yeah. So yeah, logo uh, packages. Uh, get it now. Description. Uh, what we're saying. Uh, Back onto topic. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> we love a tangent. That's why it's called yeah. creative waffle. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but uh, yeah, that was really interesting about the, learning about the black and, and different saturation of color. Yeah. What was one thing that you see a lot of younger designers or, or any designer really making? Wasn't it? What's the what's the yeah, issue what's they the have? Mistake? Yeah, mistakes. Ooh, the big mistake. Well, you know what? I don't. As much as we put a lot of focus on aesthetics, it really isn't the core of the job. The job is about communication, and I think designers. Well, the kind of designer I am is the nerd who just likes to solve people's problems. I don't, you know, the visual part of it is secondary to me, but that's, that's probably rare. Actually, a lot of people like the visual stuff, but the mistake is go on any forum for designers, go on any blog, well, not blog, but a group or something for designers. And you're going to see tons of memes about the worst clients and how stupid mm. they are. And then, you know, like my client asked me to print in white, you can't print white, you know, like whatever. Um, Or they wanted the logo bigger. Of course they did, you know, like whatever. Uh, The mistake to me, and it took me a while to learn, is your client is an expert at something that you are not an expert at. And that is their business. And that is what makes their product great or what makes their service great or their company great or whatever. And you're just there to facilitate that message. And so if you, if you're not, if you're not taking the feedback and figuring out, like if somebody says, if a client just says to you, well, this is bad. I mean, there's work to do there. The client's not being very communicative, but like if they're trying to give you an idea, you need to, you need to take that and then apply your expertise to it to solve the problem in a way that acknowledges that they have something to contribute. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people would say, "Well, this is my design, and I put a lot of work into it, and everything is exactly ten pixels apart, so it's beautiful." <laughs> There's a golden spiral in the corner, like this. This <laughs> is <amazing>. right. <laughs> this is it. This is that's what you get. Like I'm, I know visual things. Don't question me. Like that's the mistake because the client mm. is going to say, "Like, well, yeah, but our." our customers are all 80 years old and that's all going to blend together for them. You know, they're, they're not, well, then they need to wear glasses. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm, I'm making a caricature out of it, but this is what we all do when we, when we start off is yeah. we, we've just either gone through our, our self learning process or you've come out of a university or whatever, and you are deep in the aesthetics of things, but you're, you're just scratching the surface of the expertise that your client has. So Take, take it seriously and, and really consider that if they don't like your solution, it's because you're not actually solving their problem with your solution. It's not because you picked the wrong color or something like that. So that, that's, that's what I think is the mistake. That's, yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually, because you do see that so much where graphic designers are like, I know what I'm doing. I'm the graphic designer here. Like, leave, yeah. me, leave me alone. Let me, let me do my thing. But then I think that's why it's important as well to send concepts and things, because I know that a lot of designers like, nope, I send one concept and that's it. If they're not happy with it, then that's their problem. But then, and then they don't, they, like people don't even want to do iterations. And it's like, well, then they're going to have their own reason. ideas about how it fits into their business and what it, what problems yeah. it solves, as you say, and what, what it represents mm-hmm. and whether it's the sort of aesthetic they were going for visually and 
yeah. all sorts. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, there's certainly there's certainly a difference between um, a young designer with uh, you know a relatively low level of experience versus a seasoned professional who is really good at at solving the client's problem. And in in those cases, you know, when you are really at the expert level and you present three different concepts, you're just asking for them to like Frankenstein and and sabotage themselves because yeah. they they don't they don't understand um, that a logo is not, you know, that's not the whole thing. Like there's, this is a small yeah. part of it and it all works together. Trust me. But really it's about, you know, the messaging on your website or something like that. So there's a balance. If you're young and you're starting off, definitely explore different concepts. And, and if you want to present yeah, a yeah, few of them, course, yeah. don't, don't get over, overconfident. Um, don't, undersell yourself don't you know have like imposter syndrome if you can avoid it but i think that's good advice for younger designers but the 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 more professional you become it's certainly i think okay to present yeah. one option as well oh yeah definitely i think i just i see it with people when they're like just starting out and they're like no he's this is it yeah it's like, but you don't know you don't have the experience yet to be able to just go for it in that sort of way i don't know no, maybe. i think yeah. this is what we're missing is that people from a process we've got to, you've got to do the research behind it and that's, yeah. what get, that's what gets you to the um to the ideas and to the different concepts if you don't follow in that and you just pick out three ideas and pick out three designs that look cool then you've got no reasoning behind them you've got nothing to go on right. now, of course they're not going to like them um yeah. so yeah they, that's the process behind it learning learning what an actual design process is and um you know what what you need Doing to do to get yeah exactly like understanding their industry a bit more and yeah that sort of... like, listen to the Danny Matthews podcast with Millie um, when that comes out if it's out already maybe another time I don't know when it's out <laughs> at some point um, but yeah that that's a good one where we went into like you need to ask why you need to ask why mm -hmm. and get really get to the bottom of the 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 idea, uh, the, the problem um, and find out what. Well, the actual reason for they're getting a new logo is, and it might not just be because they need a refresh, but like they might have a real, right. real issue. With they and might have like, a specific competitor. They might have something yeah. more wrong with their messaging and like their like strategy rather than like their visual identity. Yeah. It might be that they're getting they're getting um, confused with like a different industry and people don't even know what they're doing. And yeah, there's there's so much stuff which right. Yeah, and e and even if it doesn't even if it doesn't jive well with your worldview, it ultimately comes down to money. And you're going to be a, you're going to be a much more successful uh, designer in your endeavors to be profitable if you can understand how this project that you're working on contributes to your client making more money. Because yeah. you know, you're talking about, oh, we're confused with somebody else. And that means they're getting sales that we should get or whatever. You know, if a client comes to you and says, my website is ugly, that doesn't mean anything. You know, I'm, I'm sure you talked about it in the other podcast, but this is it. Yeah. But well, are you not converting? Well, are people not signing up for your newsletter? Is there something that's making you lose money? And then once I, I promise you, if you're a young designer listening to this, once you can connect the problem that they're getting to money, put a real number on it. How many, how much money does a client or like if they're, you ask your client, if they're a law firm or something, how much money does a new client bring you in? And if you can say, well, we're going to provide a solution that's going to help you get two more clients a month. And over the course of a year, that's going to, that's going to bring you in a million dollars in revenue. So I want 30,000 for the website. 
your eyes are popping out of your head thinking, how could I ever get $30,000 for something? But you've set up a reference point in the client's mind of what is the value of this work? And, and it, and it always comes down to money. So that's good if, actually. Yeah. Giving them that reference too, so that they know what they're investing in. Right. That's, I think is important because people sometimes are like, I don't want to spend that much money on branding. It's just branding. But then when you actually think of the investment and the return on investment that you're going to get from that, right? I think clients would probably be more willing to spend more money on yeah. it. <laughs> but it does mean having to get comfortable talking about money with the client. Yeah. So read up on it before you go into your next client meeting. But certainly value pricing is, is a really powerful thing for, for young designers to learn about. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is a little bit, we touched on this with the uh, Mike Jander podcast, mm-hmm. obviously uh, went into a lot about pricing there, um, but the whole episode was about it. But um, yeah, just understanding your numbers, getting more confident. And uh, one thing we all, we've, we've learned past in this podcast is it's going to take time. It's going to, you're going to need to do a few logos wrong before you get there uh, and get more confident. Yeah. And um, yeah, that, that so podcast is really useful for, uh, for understanding do. why people buy as well. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. please make a lot of mistakes. Because because yeah, that, that that means you're working, you know, and you're growing, and you're gonna ten years ten years from now that client that didn't get the perfect logo is they'll be doing fine or they'll be doing something else, and it's not the end of the world even if it feels bad right now if it feels like you're not getting validation. Uh, just remember you're doing it for for the future version of you, you know. Yeah, always. What was that quote? Way. Ah, uh, oh, damn! I've lost it. But um, what, <laughs> what was the quote? What, what about what? <laughs> it's something about working for the future. You work, work, work today, so tomorrow you's ahead. I don't know, something yeah. like that. But basically that. But like, yeah, I was going to say, that... I thought you were going to be on the same wavelength. I was thinking of the um, a smooth sea never made for a skillful sailor, whatever it is that they say. So oh, like, yeah. you've got to have those nice. mistakes and go through like the rough patches. To actually yeah, become more like more skilled in the end, anyway. Do you have any I good quotes, Mike? Michael, <laughs> like things. Sorry, quotes. people call you Mike. <laughs> uh, I I introduce myself as Michael, um, cool, but Michael, Michael is <laughs> got fifty different nicknames. So um, <laughs> quotes quotes that that I have come up with. Um, spend your time creating logos, not exporting them. You'll find that is the, is the headline of the Logo Package Express website. Um, no, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I don't have any. I don't have any great quotes off the top of my head. I'll just be be honest about that. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. Um, but most of the well, something I've come to realize is that design, if anything, is more about the research than the visual side of it. How, what sort yeah. of percentage do you reckon design is like fifty compared to? Like the designer and design and like so visual and research uh, what what percentage do you reckon what's the ratio i think the the visual is the greater time spent you know um because you have to iterate so much research is is research right if you find the fact you've got it but if you design the logo and it's wrong you have to redesign it over and over again so you'll always spend more time designing than doing research but if you don't spend any time doing research, even if your design looks good, it's it's not going to be solving the problem. And in fact, research was a huge component of me coming up with uh, the logo package, Logo Package Express in the first place, because if I just thought 
I've got a problem packaging logos or whatever. And I, I wrote a book about it or something like that. And, and nobody ever bought it or whatever. I had to go in and do research and make sure that this was something that people were interested in. Do people buy extensions for Adobe Illustrator? Do they actually have a problem with this or are they just using export for screens and you know, it's, it's all taken care of for them anyways. Um, so it's, it's very crucial, but then developing the thing took, take 500 hours or whatever. Um, so, you know, what is the research? I think the most important bit of fact finding you can do is figuring out exactly what problem your client is trying to solve. That's number one. And then mm -hmm. you don't want to deliver something where that has the same headline on it as their competitor, obviously. So doing some competitor research is number two, but if you're freelancing and you're working with small businesses or whatever, I mean, don't, you don't need to spend days on research. Um, but, but the, the most important research is finding out what the client's problem is truly and making sure you're not copying somebody else. So, mm. yep. Nice. Um, well, Emily, have you got any other questions around logo design before we go into the last couple of, couple of things? No, I feel like this has been so helpful. I feel like my mind's been blown in terms of understanding file formats and um, like and print, color yeah. profiles mainly because, uh, yeah, that's made, <laughs> that's made everything so much clearer. Um, and there's definitely a few mistakes that I've made in the past <laughs> that I'll hopefully not make again. But, um, yeah, in terms of more questions, I don't know. I feel like I'm still absorbing the, <laughs> the advice from anyone. So, no, I'm, I'm good. Nice, nice. Um, well, the last couple of questions I'd like to ask everyone that comes on the podcast. Now, now I normally talk about people's stories and backgrounds, but so it's a bit of a lead up to these sort of questions. But um, but we're going to go straight into it. So they're, they're a little bit deeper. Um, the first one is: Do you have any life advice uh, to anyone listening? Ooh, life advice. Um, yeah, something that's helped me a lot uh, is, and it's a ridiculous way that this came into my mind, but uh, I was watching some old. TV show. I think it was called Monk about a guy who went and solved mysteries or whatever. But uh, he said, figure out what you need and then don't be afraid to ask for it. And to me, so many people want to be perfect on their own. So many people want to, they want to think that they can be this self-made person who did everything on their own because that makes you more powerful or more valid or whatever. Um, to me, I've gotten to a fairly good place in my life and I have asked for things all along the way. Um, and some people are the opposite where they, they, they feel like they're really shy and they just, you know, but if you can fix whatever it is that's holding you back from that, if you can figure out how to ask for help and like truly receive uh, that feedback, uh, you can, you can do a lot of things and how that relates directly to what I do is, you know, I, I, I reached out to you, Mark, and asked you about coming on this podcast. I mean, you guys didn't know me. What's, why do I deserve to be on a podcast? Um, and, and obviously you learn good ways to, to do that sort of outreach or whatever, but I would not have a business if it weren't for people who have put in the hard work to build audiences, sharing my product. Um, and I, I have to ask every single one of them would you please take time out of your busy life to help me? But I'm trying to bring them something too. 
I'm trying to say, okay, A, you can get another revenue stream going because people like my product. B, I know a bunch of other people now. So if you need other guests for your podcast or something, I'm happy to make introductions, whatever. But at the core of it is me asking for something that I need. And a lot of times you'll get it just if you ask for it. So I think that's the life advice I would give. That is solid advice. I yeah, it's heard really good advice. Anyone say that on this podcast yet? So that is really good. But um, it's really valid, you. especially I think for for young designers who I think there is a real culture of that. Um, if I don't do it all myself and burn myself into the ground doing it, then I haven't haven't been successful. <laughs> Things like that. So I think right. I think yeah, it is really good, really good advice. And sometimes diversity, and sometimes different people, and sometimes um, extra yeah, brains fresh set of eyes will help. And- yeah especially when it comes to hosting a podcast you've been here for three years (laughs) um yeah no it's it's been great it's been great um good advice so the next one uh, which i should have asked before because it's not as deep but uh, what's your best purchase under a hundred dollars what's my best purchase under one hundred dollars oh you can't say logo package express (laughs) i didn't i didn't purchase it except with hundreds of hours (laughs) of my own time um (laughs) I'm so bad at like favorite best questions. Uh, let me just scan around the room, see if there's anything. Um, I actually don't know why I would answer for this. I ask it all the time and I was thinking the other day, I'd have to give it some thought. You know, I've got one. This is, this is, well, did you say it's under $100? So can it yeah. be, can, yeah. it, can it be free? <laughs> yeah. Um, I suppose so. I really like Figma. The design tool ah yeah me too and you can pay for it i'm sure they'd be happy to have you pay for it but you can get everything you need out of it for free um but you know if you're a designer people listening to this are designers um if you're doing stuff for the web figma if you're doing stuff for your instagram carousels figma like get over it photoshop i mean like it's it's clunky like just this is so much easier um but what i use Figma for and what people should be doing is to is to get validation of their ideas, whether that's a website um, design or something, you know, something that they can your clients can come in and collaborate with you or they can leave comments and things like that. But for me, I build my products in it. You know, Logo Package Express was built in Figma in terms of how is it supposed to work and what's it supposed to look like. And I put up a a pre-launch sales page that had me clicking through that prototype, you know, it looks like what's supposed to happen. So that's all you really need is that illusion. Um, and I got like 300 pre-sales or something just on this Figma prototype that I recorded myself clicking around in. So you certainly don't need to, uh, to go all out crazy and, and really build something. You can prototype it in a tool like, like Figma and that happens to be my favorite. So I guess that's my, my plug. That's a good one. I like that. Nice. Yeah, Figma right. is, it's got so many diverse uses. Like, I would even, I would never think to prototype software like that. Like, I'm, yeah, I use it for web designs and things like that. And sometimes for a bit of vector illustration because it's nice right. to use. But um, yeah, I would never think to do software in it. It's, there's so many uses for programs yeah. like that. Just, I use it, yeah. I use it for content planning, you know? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's whatever I want. Like, you see, well, 
I don't know if you post the video of this, but behind my head are floating a bunch of sticky notes of different colors, right? You can do that kind、yeah, of YouTube, stuff too. YouTube listeners will see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can do that sort of stuff too.、Uh, mind mapping, whatever. So there's there's a tool for every niche specific process you'll ever need. But Figma covers a lot of bases for me. Nice. Yeah, well, that's one I've never used. So we'll definitely add that to、uh, what the Creative Waffle Index that we're building.、Um, yeah. It's a huge, huge list of.、Uh, we might as well plug it because we haven't done it yet on a podcast. So、um, we're, we're building a big research, a, re, a, a big, big tool、uh, for the website, which is called Creative Waffle Index. We've, we've got loads and loads of、uh, resources,、um, free mockup websites,、uh, partners like Logo, Logo Package Express that are offering discounts to our audience.、Um, and there's going to be, yeah, there's going to be tons and tons of. Literally hundreds of、uh, resources over there.、Um, there's a really good one that recommended by Chris Mentz,、um, which was a a radio、um, website where where you, you can view pretty much all the radio stations in the world、wow. on a global map, and you just scroll、wow. around the map, click on it, and it just plays a radio station. It was really really cool.、Um, I tweeted it out yesterday.、Um, but yeah, that'd be in there. And、uh, yeah, there's just some really cool websites, lots of fun stuff like that. But Loads, and loads of cool resources. Like, like,、um, I keep saying the word resource, but、um, <laughs> like, like blogs,、um, places for inspiration.、Uh, yeah, yeah. Loads so, of tools as well. There's loads of like、yeah. creative tools for like finding color palettes or for、um, finding mockups or finding fonts or whatever it is that you might need. So useful. Exactly that. Exactly that. So we're doing that. Um, yeah. Um, what's the next question?、Uh, Uh, how do I want to be remembered? Is the last question. Yeah, the deepest、um, one. We could ask you. <laughs> <laughs> how do I want to be remembered? The third best guest on the Creative Waffle podcast、uh, <laughs> would be would be who, my my dream.、Um, who would second and first be? Who would? <laughs>、uh, it'd be you two, of course.、Um, and you can fight. You can、either. fight out for. Well, you're tied for first. Is basically what happened. Comes <laughs>、um, a guest. I would. <laughs> Well, if Millie asks a question, then you're a guest, and if you ask a question, she's a guest. Oh, but Yakub's going to be furious with this. He's furious. He should have been here. This is awful. I, I would, I would like to be remembered as、uh, someone who, like, did the right thing. I guess.、Uh, you know, I a lot of people come back to me、uh, with. With messages after they've bought my tool, and you know they need help, or they and I make a custom tutorial for them, or they've run out of their license uses, and I send them a free, you know, new license download or something like that. And I think a lot of people who probably have more responsibility than I do, they have got a whole staff of people or whatever, you know, they're they're more, they behave a little more greedily,、uh, and they don't put in the extra effort to to help when they can.、Um, So you know that's that's kind of that idea in my business, but I try to do that in life too. So you know, people who may have disagreed with me will still say, you know, he thought he was doing what was right, as opposed to like that guy screwed me over.、Um, so yeah, I think in the grandest sense, that's how I'd like to be remembered. If I'm design famous and and people send me crazy letters in the mail or something, I mean that's cool too, <laughs> but.、Uh, Yeah, somebody who did the right thing. Do the right thing. That is a good, good, good answer. Uh, Strong answer, answer、yeah. to the question. Yeah. So 
There we go. That is the podcast. Um, if anyone wants to check out Logo, Logo Package Express, um, we've got an offer going on down in the description. Uh, please do go and check it out. It would really help us. It would help you as well. 20% off. Um, yeah. And it's also going to be plastered all over the, the website and uh, everywhere you see Credit Waffle. So, um, yeah, thank you very much for doing the partnership. And uh, I'm excited to, to get it out there and get people using it because it does save a lot of time. And it is actually a really useful tool. It's so um, And we wouldn't be promoting it. We gen- genuinely... Like, We've the thing is we weren't going to do partnerships. And we, so okay, so the, the way the podcast has gone for the last three years is I've gone on and off of trying to make money about it, trying to think about making money from it. Um, and then the last couple of years when I got the well, sorry, the last couple of months when I'm thinking, okay, well I don't need the money because I've got this job. So let's try and get something to the audience, and that's what I came to you um with like uh, after after your, your message back. Um, so yeah, about about getting uh, a deal for the audience, and that's what we're really trying to do for the for the uh, partners that we're going to bring on. Um, getting a deal for the audience, even if it's not making us money. Um, so yeah, yeah, many more partnerships coming, and uh, hopefully it'll help everyone out listening. Um, thank you very much, and uh, see you next time. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on. It's great to chat. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. What an episode it was. Uh, Michael's a great guy, a lovely guy. Um, really enjoyed hearing him explain about colours and uh, how you actually print with colours. You know, it's something we don't, we, we don't like to admit that we don't know, but we don't know it sometimes. Uh, and I learned, definitely learned something on this episode. Um, so Millie, what, what did you find useful in this episode? Yeah, and, so uh, I, I had so much to learn in this episode and I, exactly that. There's a lot of things that I don't know and quite often don't like to admit that I don't know. But coming from a digital design background, I didn't necessarily know about that much about CMYK profiles and how they translate. And I didn't know anything about Pantones. So I'm really pleased now that I understand that. And going forward, that's going to inform a lot of my processes and design design decisions a whole lot better so um yeah i'm really grateful for that chat really nice guy really great tool he's created an amazing resource but yeah really helpful as well and full of great advice got great experience be great to get him back on at some point and chat about his um, experience with building the tool and his his life as a as a graphic graphic designer before that and what led him to do it um yeah it's really interesting that he's come up with something so helpful so yeah, yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. I thought it was a great podcast. Really, really helpful. Yeah, and you can help out this podcast if you enjoyed it. Um, a podcast by getting the logo uh, package uh, express uh, via the link in the description. 20% off for you guys listening. Um, and yeah, and we get 30%. So, you know, a great deal for everyone. Yeah. Um, no, genuinely, though, that really does uh, help out the podcast because we get to spend that money on the podcast itself. So events, um, uh, website hosting, uh, domain names, um, just getting new merch of, designed getting new merch designed GLR <laughs> merch um, that also helps if you, if you want to fancy that uh, crazywaffle.com now uh, crazywaffle.com or club whatever you want you want uh, slash shop so crazywaffle.com slash shop for, for the merch but, um, but yeah anyway you can have out the podcast uh, and we're, we're really starting to do good things with this now um, we've got a good a solid resource a hub coming soon as well the creative waffle index which we'll explain more about in another podcast but thank you very much for listening Thank you very much for joining me, Millie, and uh, what a podcast. Oh, See you next on. week for another episode of the Creative 44 podcast. Done. Oh.